0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Huntington. And in this episode, I talked to my friend, Melissa Palmer. She's a student in uh, one of my courses and she actually just quit her job, uh, I think about a week ago. She has a big portfolio of sites and she's working on a few cool things. So we're going to dig into all the details. Melissa, how's it going today?
1: It's going great, Doug. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, we did an interview, I think maybe a couple years ago, right when you started getting yeah. some uh, traction. So uh, what what's new? How's uh, the what business going? new?
1: Oh my goodness, what's new? So I am officially, as of today, one week out of my corporate job in the tech industry, um, something I've been thinking about doing for a long time, and I, I did it. I quit my job. So I am one week into being my own boss and I'm really happy so far.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank That's, you. of course, the the dream that many of us have. So how does it feel? Are you still sort of in like a euphoric state where you don't really know- I'm definitely
1: in the euphoric state uh, still. And I don't think the reality has quite hit me yet. but it's just, it's very different uh, working on my own stuff all the time versus I was doing like maybe an hour a night on a good night, right? Being able to focus on things in a way I haven't been able to before is just really changed my perspective on things. And I already find myself saying, oh, I was gonna do things a certain way when I have the time and now I'm already pivoting already because I'm like, oh, it doesn't really work or I can use my time better this way. So it's definitely a learning experience. I'm like a week in, right? So there's still a lot to figure out.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's amazing. Hopefully soon you'll be able to start taking the naps during the day. No, oh, a, That sounds amazing. <laughs> That's a big thing I added back, especially in the heat of the summer. (laughs) You know, it's a good time to just nestle up and and take a quick nap. But we're not here to talk about my sleeping habits or laziness. Let's talk about uh, some of your sites. And we're not going to get too specific here, but um, let's rewind a little bit. Um, We did the interview. um, We think it was like a couple years ago. So people can check that out. I think it was like the
1: beginning of 2020 maybe.
0: That sounds right. And like, I'm, I'm curious what things have, have shifted. Can you talk maybe a little yeah. bit about how you pivoted strategy, um, just some other details around that, like now versus then?
1: Yeah, sure. So I started with one site going through your course, kind of learning the ropes. And once I actually came on your podcast, I immediately launched three more because I was like, let's roll. I know what I'm doing now. Let's build this thing. Uh, so, it was a lot of just straight up affiliate type things. I had one site on Mediavine already, so I was just focusing on content there and just kind of getting to learn the ropes and keep working. Uh, I have a big SEO background, so I, I love the KGR method. It's one of my favorites. So, between that and what I knew, I was having a lot of really good success. I started getting into buying sites, um, buying existing sites, and things like that. So, I bought a couple sites, started a different couple sites, and I have like a really diverse portfolio. I've got like the classic niche sites. I've got a mom blog. I've got a food blog. I'm trying to grow a couple food blogs actually because I love to cook, go figure. Um, so I've got like a bunch of everything. And I actually have 15 different sites. I made myself count them all up in various stages of um, growth, deployment, what have you. And then I did another pivot because I have all this experience in the tech industry. And I noticed in a lot of these blogging groups on Facebook, I was seeing people struggle Well, like really stuff that's easy to me. Right. So I kind of said, well, maybe I can help people. Like I I have a really good way of breaking down these hard technical concepts because that's what I do every day at work. Right. I go in front of customers. I go in, I pitch solutions. I'm bringing them through the technology and it's something I'm good at. Uh, So I'm also getting into um, courses as well. Cool. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. And uh I need more time to dedicate to that, honestly. That that was my big driver. Like, I want to get into the courses. I want to focus more on the sites, but I can't do that working full-time in an hour a day, right? It just wasn't working anymore. Um, I was pretty plateaued from a revenue standpoint because I wasn't able to put in the time. So I was like, all right, I've gotten this far enough that I proved I can do it. It's time to go and do it for real now.
0: Got it. So I usually say... It's better to focus on one site. And I think I even say it in the course, <laughs> I do. say it whenever. You you so do. why, why did you start more? Why did you start buying some? Um, a couple of different
1: reasons. One, I wanted the revenue, right? I wanted the immediate revenue to kind of pull out this plan of an established website. And uh, I have a lot of different interests as well. So there's something to be said to a little bit of a shortcut. Like and I bought really big established sites. I bought more new sites. I've kind of done a little bit of everything. And honestly, I just wanted to test the buy versus build too, right? Because I know what I can do. What happens if I buy something else? What can I do to that? And I've actually noticed that I have a really good knack for taking a site with a lot of content on it, um, doing a bunch of SEO updates and growing the traffic and the revenue. Like I've noticed that's just something I'm really, really good at. So I kind of started looking for like more established sites, maybe not necessarily with the revenue, but the content. Cause I'm like, I know I can work with that content.
0: Cool. And I can't blame you for testing. The other thing. I test way too much
1: stuff. (laughs) It's bad.
0: The other thing I'll throw in is you potentially had, you know, the resources to put into it. Not everyone has that. Mm -hmm. So you had the resources to test and then you were very limited on time. So You potentially were skipping the you know the Google sandbox if you're buying a site already, so you're able to you know have shortcuts
1: right because time was like my limiting kind of thing. Like I know I can build it, but it's going to take too long, and I don't have that time right now.
0: Right. And you mentioned your uh, previous SEO background. Can you refresh our memory on why you have those skills?
1: Yeah. So uh, from the tech side of things, when I decided, when did I actually? I think it was probably. 2014, 2016, I was like a tech blogger and I started reading more about content marketing and technical marketing, kind of that stuff. And this whole SEO thing was coming up and content, content, content. So I kind of like have studied it for a long time and started applying it to first my tech site and then all my other sites. So it was a lot of just learning, training, experimenting over the years that has turned out to serve me well and maybe a little too well because I feel like I have to like kind of confess something here and I hate to bring it up. But um, you know how they had those like really nasty Google product review updates? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, someone might have had a couple sites, just a couple, not uh-huh. all of them, where I got a little too confident in what I could do from an SEO perspective. And I was going after some high volume money terms and ranking them and doing great. But I was ignoring everything else because I was like, ah, oh, I can rank this. Yeah. Let's go. And then when those product review updates rolled out, I felt the pain. Let's just put it that way. So I took okay. some shortcuts again, because I didn't have the time, like, well, if I can rank this money term, let me go. It'll bring me some income. And, uh, you know, I didn't quite build the foundation I should have on some of those sites. Like, no, lesson learned, right?
0: Sure. And yeah, can we dig into that a little bit more? Yeah, so sure. not all of your sites were hit, but just no, a, a couple no, of them.
1: No, Just like a couple. Actually, there were like some of the more experimental sites. And I was just like, let me go see what I can do here. But... I was doing pretty well with them. So that was nice. I was like, wow, I like have only 20 posts and I'm bringing in a couple hundred bucks a month. This is fantastic. And then boom. Boom.
0: <laughs> so what were the issues that you think were on the, those sites?
1: Um, I think it was a big eat issue. I wasn't bothering with any of that stuff because I didn't have to because I was really good at keyword research. Um, so I was just like not paying attention. If it ranks, it ranks. I know what I can rank. Let me go after more, more of those terms. And I wasn't doing enough info content. It was just like maybe a couple info posts, but pretty much I was just going like straight up money, which, okay. as we all know today, is not a good idea. Um, anything with like best in the slug was like boom, whack, done, gone.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so I was definitely, and I actually think I was over optimizing um, a little bit on the SEO side as well on some of those sites.
0: Okay, And EAT eat that's the expertise, authority, yes. and, authority trust. and trust.
1: Yeah, I wasn't bothering. I was like, yeah, okay. whatever. Maybe I'll put an about page. Maybe I won't. It'll be fine.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So what what would you do? What would you do now? Are you trying to recover these sites?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to recover them. I'm working on, you know, the the things that you expect to see in a legitimate website, right? You want to see social profiles. You want to see in a nice, strong about page. You want to see a privacy policy, maybe like terms and conditions and disclosures, right? You want it to kind of feel like, oh, it's like a legitimate brand versus like a a money grab, which is what I tested with a couple of these sites because I was like, why not? It's fun.
0: How long How long did they work out?
1: Uh, they worked out for a couple of years, actually. Like okay. I just left them and they were cool and they were bringing money and then these product review updates. And that's probably part of it too. Like I just built them to a certain point and I left them. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. I've got other sites to work on. Got um, the good news is it wasn't, like I said, there was like 20 posts on it. So it's not like it was a huge time investment or anything like that. It was something I threw up and it happened to work. So every once in a while, okay. I threw something else on it. Um, but it definitely was kind of a lesson learned and like, okay, I'm really... If I'm gonna be doing this for real now and it's becoming more of a job and a hobby, I do need to put in some of the time and effort even on those sites, right? And kind of build them the right way. And I have plenty that I did the right way and we're completely fine, but I was like, this looks fun, let's see what happens.
0: Right. And what percentage or sort of guideline do you have for informational versus product you know, reviews?
1: I think this is something that you cover really well in some of your content. I think it depends on what your monetization strategy is, right? Um, are you going straight up affiliate stuff? Or are you going more display ads or a balance? And I think a lot of that is niche dependent, right? Uh, are there, is there good informational content that you can put out there in that niche or is there more, is it, it's going to be kind of hard to find that kind of stuff. So I think it really depends. Um, I actually love the multi, multi-profit site approach, right? I like having the multiple income streams and there's, you can monetize info posts too, right? Like, it's not like it's just going to bring ad revenue, um. So it really depends on kind of, I think the niche you're in and what your goals are, right? Like, what is your goal? Like for me, I want to build a diverse portfolio and have multiple income streams because this is my job now, right? Versus, eh, I'll build a site and experiment right. with it. i just kind of be kind of up level a little bit more at this point.
0: And what's the breakdown uh, generally across your entire portfolio from uh, affiliate versus ad revenue?
1: Um, I'm probably about, at this point, I'm probably about, ad revenue and 33% affiliate
0: revenue. Okay, cool.
1: So I went heavy on um, some of the ad stuff recently, just because as soon as I get views, I get money. Right.
0: So. And then, um, Right now, in 2022, we're like in the midst of a recession. Economy's yeah. down. There's uncertainty. Have you seen a bit of a decline in ad revenue and such?
1: Not really. Actually, I mean, like some of my sites have the typical like summer slump type thing. Like my tech site, um, I'm expect it, it's starting because like everyone's going to take off July and August for vacations and stuff like that, right? So that'll go down. Like that site is very interesting because Monday through Friday are my best traffic days, and the weekends go to like almost nothing. Versus um, like a mom log I have actually the weekends are higher and it kind of trails down throughout the week. Had a little bit of a summer slump there earlier in July, um, as we know with the ad networks, there's a big reset every quarter as well. But that's all pretty much coming back nicely as we get rid of stuff, get ready for stuff like you know back to school and all that kind of stuff. So nothing, nothing too challenging yet, which has been nice, uh, honestly.
0: Okay, I want to go back to the um, the fifteen sites. So. Yeah. You kind of explained why, and <laughs> no, you I could don't. add more if, if you want to. But do you have any struggles with that? It sounds it's uh, a lot. stressful.
1: Um, it's a lot. And uh, one thing that I've done, and I'm actually working on a course for this, is there's something called Google Data Studio, where you can basically pull your data from Analytics and Search Console and put it on a dashboard or put it in on a, I think they, they call them like Sheets or something like that, right? So I've built myself a bunch of dashboards where I have, you know, sites classified by different tiers. Like here's my money makers, here's my middle tier ones. And here's like my incubation new sites. And I roll through that dashboard in about five minutes and I check all my stats, right? No more going through analytics or console and looking for things. So I I started to notice I'm looking at the same thing every time and it's burning a lot of time. So I'm working on stuff like that to make it easier to kind of do some of the management aspects. Um, And the big thing I do now is content batching right? Uh, in groups of five, I'll be like, I'm writing five posts for this site, or I'm doing five posts for this site, boom, 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 do the research, do the writing, do the, put them into WordPress, add links and publish five and then on to the next. Um, so it's definitely challenging. Where I put my effort has been uh, varying lately, just because of, you know, I didn't have a lot of time. And now I do. So now I'm focused on like, kind of rapid growth, as fast as possible on certain sites, that I think will do, uh, will take off faster, just because You know, once you've had a site for a while, you know how it behaves, right? So I have certain sites that I know if I publish, I'm getting search traffic in two days versus other ones I publish and I'm not getting indexed, right? There's a lot of weird stuff with Google indexing in the last six Mm -hmm. months or so, probably last year, really. And I've noticed some sites have trouble indexing more than others, So I've kind of been like, well, you know what? I'm going to focus on the ones that index faster right now because I need to, again, I kind of need to grow a little faster than I was before because I've
0: taken the leap
1: into this world.
0: got it. And as far as uh, sort of systems, so you you talked about uh, batching, you have a nice dashboard so you don't have to waste time with analytics. Um, Do you have a team right now? Do you have any VAs working with you?
1: No, actually I do. I have... um, one person, a couple blogs, I have a VA helping me out mostly with social and stuff like that. Um, I've been purchasing a lot of content from various different places, from content companies, from Facebook groups, all that kind of stuff. But I actually really miss writing my own content and I'm really good at it. Okay. Uh, so in the last couple of weeks, I've actually been doing a lot of writing again. So that has been nice. Like I actually enjoy the writing aspect of stuff. Um, And I enjoy the optimization aspect as well. So like one strategy I have, because I know I'm very good at optimizing content. I'll buy content, I'll do a quick edit and I'll let it sit for three to six months and I don't touch it. And then I go back and I start looking at, okay, how can I optimize this now that it's kind of been simmering in Google for a while. Um, At some point, I do want to scale a team a little bit more. um, But I think I want to get a little further from a revenue perspective before I start doing that. Yeah. I mean, it would be a huge help, but I'm just kind of like, well, maybe not quite yet.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and back to the, um, you know, three to six months, and then you'll go back and optimize something. Mm-hmm. Are you pretty methodical about that where you have like a, oh, yeah, I of have them? a whole,
1: I have a whole um, process that I follow. I'm actually working on a course for that too. And I have it down to like almost a science at this point. And again, I batch those 2 I'll say, here's the 10th post I'm optimizing. I'll do the research on what terms I'm going to optimize on. I go and update them all. Um, I'll do new Pinterest images as part of an update too. And I just kind of roll through my processes over and over again. And it's worked really well for me. Cool. Um, It gets a little tedious, right? That's why I say groups of five because sometimes I have the head to do five at a time. Other times it's 10 or 20 at a time. It really just kind of depends on the niche and what I'm into and what I'm doing. But like no fewer than five is my thing.
0: Okay, so you're getting back to writing, which is cool. One trend that I've noticed with people that have been more successful and I, we, we have uh, sort of, I, I don't think of it this way, but there's sort of different tiers of the success stories mm-hmm. where it's like a beginner, maybe in the middle, or they're making like way more money than they thought. So one thing that I've seen in the sort of higher end is people are writing their own content and they're spending a lot of time on it versus publishing as much yeah. as quickly as possible. Yeah, Some people are using AI, which we're gonna talk about in a second. They're using the AI (laughs) tools and then some other folks are, you know, working with agencies. Maybe it's a lower quality. I've done a
1: little of everything, honestly. And what brought me back to this is, again, I have a big SEO background. I've been blogging since 2014. I kind of know what I'm doing. Nothing ranks like what I write myself. Like it just doesn't.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So for a lot of the sites, I want to be very strategic and grow quickly. I'm doing the content. Because yeah. like, now I have the time to. And once I get in that zone with batching and everything, it's not actually that bad. I did, um for one blog yesterday, I did 700 words in 30 minutes. Just I sat down and I hammered and I wrote. So I was like, you know, now that I have the time, I can do things like that. I don't want to spend all my time writing, of course, but uh, it's been a little refreshing. I've enjoyed it
0: yeah i actually i enjoy writing some too it does it takes me longer than what you just said well this is like
1: i was in the zone off the top of my head i knew exactly what i was writing about boom no research required so
0: gotcha um but yeah it, it is nice to to write and then i noticed the same thing um you know even from the very beginning um yeah whatever 2013 2014 the stuff that i wrote myself just it tended to do much better yeah even if i then stuff that i edited so you've played around with everything um i
1: have i've played i've tried everything i'm like a little i love to like i said I've since yeah. a couple of times. i love to mess around and experiment i've tried it all
0: so yeah what experience do you have with the ai tools which ones did you use <gasps> yeah. how they work so, out
1: um my the big one i use is what is it called now it started out as conversion and then it was Jarvis. And that was probably a bad move. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's Jasper, Jasper now. Is Jasper, that yeah. um, but I don't, I don't think I use it the way a lot of people use it. Uh, I don't write a whole blog post in there. I don't have it write a blog post for me. I have it write sections of content or one thing it's really good for, especially like in the, um, I don't know, depending on the niche, right. Is like ideas. Like if I want to do a listicle type article, I will use that because I'm like sitting here trying to think of like ideas for ice cream flavors or something like, I don't know. I don't even like ice cream, right? In those cases, I'll go there just to get the ideas, like list 30 ideas for ice cream flavors, right? And I'll get that. Maybe I'll run some content and then I'll edit it. So I'm not writing whole blog posts in it end to end. I'm more using it to supplement what I'm doing, if that makes any sense.
0: It does. Yeah. And like I've talked bad about all those tools for at least two years, maybe longer. <laughs> and literally, the day that we're recording this, I published like three videos where I started using Jarvis. Um, I, I didn't read any documentation. I didn't watch any videos. I just like signed up and started messing around with it. And you know, some of it wasn't that great, um, but people had been telling me like, do the sections, do smaller pieces, or yeah. the idea generation. I was like, this actually i mean that's potentially and it's a very useful. like so i think
1: the big thing with jarvis is the language model it was trained on is like kind of old i can't remember how old the data they have from it is but it's not like current right it's a couple of years old so depending on what area you're writing about has a lot to do with it too like some areas if you want current stuff it's not going to work but if it's just like some like real general things it can really kind of speed up things a little bit but it sure. still needs to be edited it still needs to be checked like it's not a free-for-all, right? It's not like you just go write a blog post and you post it, right? You're, there's stuff you still have to do to it.
0: And I was generally, I was generally impressed with the legibility of it. So hmm. I got the, quote, boss mode. So grammarly yeah, right. in there. <laughs> well, right. And I mean, it was mostly good. There were a couple pieces of like garbled something or other. But otherwise, it was about as good as what I would throw out as a first yeah, draft. right? It's
1: awesome. and,
0: oh, okay. and I mean, you know, the other piece, and I'm actually going to record a podcast episode on this is like in a meta way, I'm, I'm like, okay, everyone's asking about it, even though I don't really care about the tools. And um, there's affiliate programs. So I'm, I'm like, this is an affiliate um, case yeah. study, basically, where I'm like, I'm going to market this stuff. I'm just demoing tools and putting out a lot of content. So selling out kind of, but I mean, I'm, I am really. aware. You
1: know what tool I, I will say, I don't know if you know this one, it has an AI writer component, but I don't use that. Have you ever heard of a tool called Phrase?
0: I have heard that one, yeah.
1: I live in that thing. It's probably my favorite for outlines and stuff like that. So okay, definitely take a look at that one.
0: It is on the list, yeah, I remember, I think they had a lifetime it's deal been a with that. it a game like, changer absurd? for me. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's
1: how I got it, a lifetime deal. And then I upgraded it to get um, SEO data. And I think that came with a content writer and that content okay. writer wasn't good. I know they updated it, I haven't really tried it, but I just used it like for straight up outlines.
0: Got it. So, um, when you say outlines, what, what do you have to feed it in and what do you give Uh, at?
1: you give it basically, you give it a keyword and then you click go. It analyzes the top 20 SERPs and then you can build a content brief either yourself or you automate it So like automate the content brief. And I have certain sections that I look for and I add in and from there, I kind of decide what I'm going to write about. So it, it's pretty helpful.
0: If you had to estimate how much time it would take you to write it by hand versus, um, using phrase and then editing it, what what kind of time savings well, are you looking at?
1: Here's the difference with phrase, right? You can kind of see all of the SERPs on the side as you do it and then like open them, right? So I'm like big on the SERP analysis. Mm-hmm. Um and usually by the time I've selected a keyword, I have done some level of SERP analysis to say, yeah, I'm gonna go hit this or I'm gonna ignore it. Um so it's really just kind of like having everything in one place just makes it a lot easier.
0: Okay. So it's Got easy
1: to see all the different headlines, what everybody else is doing if you want. And it gives you um, like the outline of the SERP too. Like here are the headers are using all that kind of stuff. So it's really good just to do like a quick analysis of what is everybody else doing.
0: Okay. And then once you have that, you can fill it out yourself or- Yeah, then
1: now that I just start writing. Okay. Or take a snippet from uh, whatever Jasper Jarvis, whatever his name is, sure. just pop it in. And it also ranks like an optimization score in there too. So it'll tell you like how optimized you are Okay. Um, looking at topics compared to your competitors too. That's a nice feature.
0: Got it. Any other AI tools you played around with?
1: That's about it. I am like one of those people where I could go crazy with tools. So I'm like trying to limit myself. I'm like, I have stuff that's working. So let's just go with that before I get distracted by the new shiny object.
0: Okay. And where do you find your writers when you when you do hire those?
1: Um, I've been, used like some Facebook groups and then I've just kind of gone to content agencies. Okay. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, it's it's hard. Good writers are very hard to find. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a thing, right? So.
0: And just one more thing on the systems and having so many sites, mm-hmm. like who or what role would be like your first hire? Just curious, like where you think the pain point will be first to, you know, buy you the most time.
1: I would think just like a VA, um, to help me with some of the, even the content I buy, even if I have it posted into WordPress, like going through and doing affiliate links, man, affiliate links, like doing those are hard, they take a lot of time. So someone to kind of help me with the more operational kind of, let's get it posted, let's make sure it's formatted right, let's add all those affiliate links, let's do all that kind of stuff, maybe make me some pins or something like that. Got it. Um, that would probably be the most helpful, I think at this point.
0: Cool, and that, and that makes total sense, is similar to one of the, one of the roles that helped get me a bunch of time was essentially like a content editor, content yeah, exactly, manager. And like just, that. it's just like the easily repeatable stuff that you can document very clearly. And mm-hmm. once the person's trained, they can do it, you know, a ton, save you hours per day. Yeah. And it's boring stuff. It's not like you're I know. This it's thing
1: like out. it's a TV thing. I just like put on some, crank some music and I'm like, all right, we're doing five posts. Let's <laughs> go. Let's do this.
0: Okay, so let's go back to some nuts and bolts. Um, Keyword research, you mentioned KGR and some long tail stuff. Any other tips or thoughts about your approach?
1: Um, If you're not using a... So like I got by until I took your course on like free keyword research tools for a long time, but paying for tools will change your life. It will save you time. It's amazing. So don't be afraid to invest in a little something. Um, I think one of the ones you recommend is like KW Finder. Um, I use that, I use... Somebody turned me on to Key Search actually, and I okay. usually didn't touch it. But they're like a lot of the beginner bloggers use it, so I'm like, all right, I should probably know it to help people. So let me go get that. That's pretty decent. And then I'm like, I live in Ahrefs, like that's. I know it's always like Ahrefs mm-hmm. or Semrush, Ahrefs or Semrush. Right. I'm an Ahrefs girl, and I live in there, and it's worth every penny.
0: Cool, awesome, and yeah. Anything else um, keyword research wise or approaching you know, content?
1: It, it's just kind of like you learn it over time and you learn how a site behaves like that's the biggest thing is learning your particular site and what that site is capable of ranking right because it's slightly different everywhere so once you know your sites really well whether you built them or you bought them or whatever that really influences your keyword research strategy because it's like okay i know i can rank um, you know, a 2,000 volume keyword on here without a little effort if it's a low difficulty score. And, you know, every tool kind of ranks a difficulty. But, like, you kind of learn how your sites behave. And based on that, that might change your keyword research strategy and content pillars, right? I love me some content pillars. I find a couple of pieces of content are doing right, great. I write more related content. So that's that's good, too.
0: Okay. And then do you do anything um, specific with internally linking those Topic pillars, or yeah, yeah. I'll or try to we'll do
1: um, some linking. I'm not the best at it. I kind of like it's more of an afterthought. I'm like, oh, I guess I should link all this stuff together. But uh, okay. that is one of the things I know I need to put more time into is my internal linking strategy because that will go a long way.
0: Sure. When I think, I mean, it's probably I, I do bad at it too because, like you said, it's a little bit of an afterthought. Even though you know you'll put a couple. Uh, by that in. time
1: I'm like just ready to hit publish. I'm like, oh, I just want to publish <laughs> yeah. this thing. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it.
0: Yeah, well, you could throw it into your procedure for the six month exactly, refresh or yeah. whatever, and then just make sure you do it then. Um, okay, cool. So we talked algorithm update already. We talked about the systems and content approach. Um, we we did talk a lot about certain pieces, but do you do anything you know, quote special custom images or um, anything like that? It Subheadings. Depends.
1: It really depends on the site. Um, I have some food blogs. Uh, I'm glad that I will have more time for food photography now. That's exciting. And just uh, one of the things that Google says for a lot of their um, product review stuff is they want original pictures and original content. So I have a couple niches that I actually really like and I started them because I like them. So I'm working on more original stuff for that just because it's easy. It doesn't take much to take a couple pictures with your iPhone and put them into a blog post, right? So trying to do more stuff like that. And like my advice for if you're new or just getting started, your first couple sites, make it something you know, make it something you love, make it something that it's easy, right? And then once you get some money coming in, you can look at the best ways to reinvest it, whether it be buying original pictures or content or whatever and stuff like that. But there's something to be said about something you know really well, something that's easy to get content and pictures and stuff for to get you started, right? Versus I'm just going to go, Pick this niche because the data tells me it's good, but I don't know anything about chainsaws. We'll see what happens.
0: Right. Okay. Awesome. Great tips, and let's talk about link building now. So yeah, you I'm have not a lot
1: of link building done. <laughs> not good at
0: it. Okay. Well, yeah. What did you? What was your approach? You uh, know, you, you none. Did you go through the core. <laughs> none. None.
1: All right. Uh, so I I do a lot of like so first up like food blogs. It's really easy because there's just like Facebook groups and roundup posts and stuff like that. Uh, Guest posting is a great strategy that I know I need to do more of. And that's something I'll be focusing on. Um, But it's something that I have not focused on as much as I should have. So that's another area that I'm looking forward to diving in a little bit more. But like for me, I didn't have the time to do guest posting before. There's also um, agencies and services you can pay to do it for you, of course. But it's like time versus money, time versus money.
0: Yeah. And a
1: lot of uh, one strategy, I think I actually, I think maybe you even had something about this on your blog too, Doug. If you just write really good content that is uh, really good information and well-researched, people start linking to it. I think think I've I've heard you talk about that maybe somewhere along the way. So if you really are dedicated to high quality content, um, sometimes the backlinks just come, right? Sometimes it just happens.
0: I say all kinds of shit, so I'm not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> this sounds like something I might say. Um, when, I'm curious. Uh, I have heard some people talk about creating calculators or tools on their site. Do you have any sites where you're like, ah, maybe I could do a calculator and that makes sense?
1: Yeah, well, actually I it. do, but yeah. I don't want to
0: do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you sure I like, want to you'd be like, ah, I'll develop it myself. But. I know,
1: that's the problem, right? I'm already like, oh, I can build a little React app that will do that. No, you don't need to do that. You should not do that. Like, yeah, Don't yeah. spend your time that way.
0: I think there's probably some easy ones. And I, I mentioned this on a live stream. Um, and I think there are some sites that will tell you if the content is AI generated or not. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, they're doing a bad job, probably. You could just create a fake calculator where it always ranks somewhere between like, Ten uh, percent, <laughs> or yeah, ten and ninety-five. Random
1: number generator, like yeah. whatever. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, so I may I may do that and just.
1: That's funny. It, you should.
0: Yeah, I think I will. It'll get some links. People are like, "Oh, this one, this one sucks." I wrote it myself. <laughs> are we
1: talking about it? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. I think I will do it. Maybe I'll hire you as a developer to to work on it. Okay, <laughs> okay. so no uh, no real link building, but no. Nope. We did talk before about all the testing and, and experimenting that you do. So you have checked out some expired and or age oh, domains, yeah. right? Oh, so,
1: yeah. I have a problem with those, yeah. Okay.
0: So and we're going to gently roll into an ad. So this is an ad for Otis. Okay. So I'm curious about what you've done with um, – so don't say anything bad about Otis.
1: I would never so do that. We'll
0: just get that. Okay. I so, I'm i on their
1: email list. I wouldn't say anything bad.
0: Okay, so what have you done with expired domains? How's it worked out?
1: So uh, knowing that I, and I I know I'm not like great at backlinks, if you buy, uh, well, there's expired domains and age domains, right? Two different, slightly different concepts, Mm -hmm. right? So sometimes when I think of an expired domain, I've done this too, go see what's expiring and buy it because I like the name, right? Uh, Age domains usually are a little bit more expensive but they already have backlinks, right? So it's kind of looking at the domain and the kind of backlinks it has. And saying, "Well, I don't really want to bother with backlinks, so maybe I will just buy this domain, and that kind of gets me ahead of the race. It gets me out of the sandbox. I don't have to bother with link building because everything is already there." And I've done that a couple times, and I've actually had some pretty good success with some of them, uh, especially when it's like a certain topic and you're building a similar topic site on it. Uh, what you do is basically, okay, let's get, get five. let's get a chainsaw example because I don't know what else to do, right? And I bought. Um, dougschainsaws.com to build a chainsaw store, right? And the Doug Chainsaw 5000 doesn't exist anymore, but the new model is the Doug Chainsaw 6000, but I have all these links to the Chainsaw 5000, I would 301 redirect that original URL of Doug Chainsaw 5000 to the new one, Doug Chainsaw 6000, and all that link juice would kind of pass along to it. Um, so a big thing is really analyzing the backlinks that a domain, an age domain has. And if you've never done it before, and I've done this a lot because I've just been around the web for way too long, like, oh, I reached the end of the internet again, better start over, right? If you don't know what you're doing, it's really easy to spend a lot of money on not a high quality domain, right? And that's kind of the reason uh, I'm on the Otis list, right? Is they do the vetting for you, right? So you don't have to kind of worry, especially if you're newer to the game of, well, did I make a good or a bad decision, right? They kind of do all the due diligence for you, show you exactly what you have, and then you know with confidence going forward okay i
0: know how to build this thing cool and the the plug i can give for otis is you know not only do they they vet them they come with a little logo so that's nice but you can use their filtering system and basically find like you know, English language or whatever language you're targeting, and then some specific niches as well. So it's Mm -hmm. very helpful if you have a site in existence. Yeah, if you want to go
1: buy it. you know, I love chainsaws. I (laughs) want a chainsaw site. Let me go find an expired chainsaw. I don't know why I'm using that example,
0: but I am. I was going to say, I always, I I always use like cameras or microphones because it's what is right in front of me. So I hope, Melissa, that you don't have, well, Maybe you have a chainsaw right next to you. I have no no idea. We'll say. (laughs) Okay, so thanks to Otis, and we will actually dive a little bit deeper. So you've had some good success Mm -hmm. with this. Do you have any specific examples of maybe like skipping the sandbox or getting traction? Oh yeah, like almost
1: like immediately ranking. Okay, immediate ranking. Um. It was a site, I don't want to go into too many details, but I put very similar content on it. 301 of the stuff with newer, higher quality content that was somewhat relevant to the original backlink. Not exactly the same, but close enough. Mm -hmm. Immediate, just like immediate rankings.
0: Okay, very cool. And it, it is pretty amazing when they do, when it does work, which I have no data on how often it works, but when it does, it's like you said, it's almost immediate, and people are like, yeah. Oh, wow, why would I ever start with a fresh domain? You could just buy one. So, yeah. okay, cool. And let's see, let's move on to mistakes. So, you probably made a few mistakes along the way. You mentioned a couple um, yeah, already. So, I think you guys pretty bad them. to myself
1: yeah. already. Just the um, kind of On a couple of the sites I was testing, I didn't lay the proper groundwork, especially with Eat. And I just went for with my SEO skills. and like, I know I can rank this term. I'm going to rank it and make some money. Um, Ignored the info content, ignored building a good quality, healthy site and just kind of made it a little bit of a money grab because why not? It was a fun experiment. Uh, But it it kind of ended when the product review update came. So
0: eh, you win some, you
1: lose some. I'll recover it eventually when I have some time.
0: Yeah. And I have heard... um I've heard of a couple people making some recoveries like uh, Marty McLeod who we mm-hmm. interviewed um, a-, a while back, but he put in a few months of pretty dedicated work and I think he recovered most of the traffic that he lost. Now, that said, he I think he only lost traffic um, in the certain offending uh, post. Right. So it wasn't it didn't decimate his whole site. It was just like traffic was down you know 30, 40 percent, something like that. Mm-hmm. Not good but he was able to recover it. Okay, so you also, well, any more mistakes?
1: Uh, no, that no, that was no? a big one. So okay. far, so good, so far I've been so good. Which is good, because I'm gonna do this full time now, so glad I haven't messed up too bad yet.
0: Yeah, and you bought a few sites. A- any lessons learned from uh, purchasing or working with brokers or anything like that?
1: Uh, just do your due diligence, right? So for me, I can probably, within 20 minutes, tell you if I'm gonna buy a site or not. Right, because I'm looking at the con. Like I said, I really love sites that have a lot of content that's not SEO optimized. So I'll look at the content, I'll look at the layout, I'll run it through um, core web vitals, because if it's a dumpster fire, I know I can fix that in about thirty seconds. Actually, Um, I actually, those the first course I've come out with. It's available now. It's free for a limited time. Is core web vitals simply stated, and the whole course is under an hour. Right, and it's actually going to explain. What core web vitals means, right? Because I'm throwing around these terms and everybody's like, what does that even mean? It's some Google garbage, right? We'll take you through that. We'll teach you how your website works and how all that relates. Um, We'll do some kind of live walkthroughs of sites and analysis, a couple case studies on here's how I fixed a site and sped it up. And then I have like six simple tips in there on, you know, the quick win things you can do to try to get your core web vitals up and your page speed up. So um, that's available completely free for a limited time. And I've got a lot of really good feedback on it.
0: Cool. Yeah, and we'll link up for that. And yeah, I was gonna say you you beat me to the segue for it, but yeah, um, yeah we were gonna talk about that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm curious. Is that something that you were on top of right away, or you were like, oh, I need to figure this out? And then no, it was pretty. You...
1: So when it first became a thing, I was kind of like, well, I guess I should take a look at my sites. And um, it didn't take me much to make me pass them. I had to change a couple of themes around. Like I have a couple of themes I just like use over and over like generate I'm a big fan of generate press mm-hmm. uh, and I just like use it everywhere for everything almost uh, my media sites are on the Mediavine trellis theme because why not um but you kind of just develop your own process and own anything and uh it wasn't that hard for me but I saw a lot of people really struggle with it right because if if you're I mean it made sense to me because I'm a technical person and I do stuff with like servers and applications and software and all that stuff so like for me to look at this kind of stuff like i understand it all but you know the average blogger does not and google didn't do a really good idea of explaining what anything actually means right um so i think it's important to try to help people understand that kind of thing and make the case that look yeah google can be evil or whatever but this technology is here to help us If we learn it the right way and use it the right way, it can get us a competitive edge. It can make our lives easier and better, right? We don't have to struggle with Core Web Vitals and WordPress and analytics and console, right? Once you learn them the right way, uh, it just, it makes everything better and it just gives you all this great data. There is so much data out there but I don't think a lot of people actually look at and use.
0: Awesome. So people can sign up for the, the course. We'll, we'll put a link out there. And you said it's under 60 minutes or so? Yeah,
1: yeah it's pretty quick. And awesome. I've got a nice worksheet in there for you with my six tips that you can print out and refer to as you go through your sites and stuff.
0: Okay. Well, and without giving away the whole course, yeah. um, what are maybe one or two things that people- I got, I got my
1: favorite one, perfect. right? Um, so I do a lot in the mommy blogging space and the food blogging space too, because I love them. And- I was like this at one point too. I was very hung up on the way things looked because I wanted them to look a certain way and use a certain font and be pretty. That all slows you down, right? So like my biggest, one of my biggest speed hacks is something called system fonts. So you enable system fonts in your theme. And what that means is whatever font your user is using on their system, your webpage will use, right? So that is great for a number of reasons. One, it's fast. And two, from a user experience standpoint, they're seeing what they're used to seeing, right? They're not going to be like, "I can't read that cursive font," or "That looks weird," or "What's going on with that?" It's a much more native, user-friendly experience than you know some of the things I even used to do. like. I I love like the brush lettering fonts. I'm going to use them all over. No, Melissa, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Use easy to read, fast fonts. So that's probably yeah. one of my favorite tips.
0: I love that you mentioned that because I I use that at. Uh a niche site project, probably the other blogs too. But I had someone email me. They were like, what font did you use? It looks so awesome. I'm like, it's your system font. Like it's nothing <laughs> like I, it, it doesn't matter. The font doesn't matter as long as you could read it. So <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, cool. Any other things that uh, I should have asked you that I didn't before we kind of wind down a little bit?
1: Um, I don't think so. I'm glad to be back talking to you again, Doug. Um, I've come a long way since we last chatted. And I'm just like really excited to actually be able to focus on this stuff now versus um, it was a hobby, right? It was a hobby that I truly loved and truly enjoyed. And I got it to a point where I was kind of like, this could be way more than a hobby if I had the time. And here I am
0: amazing well and one of the questions that i do typically ask and i think we kind of covered it at the beginning but i'll let you restate it so how has the success of your portfolio of sites impacted your life
1: uh you know i'm only a week out but let me tell you this might have been like the best week of my life i've had a smile on my face every day um no more uh like just days of meetings after meetings after meetings and deadlines and all that kind of stuff I'm still working on my optimal day structure. I think maybe I'll put a nap on my calendar or something. Yeah. We'll see that I'm not even like using a calendar. I'm like, I need a calendar again. Like I need to start using something to be organized. Um, it's just different if right now it's just kind of this euphoric, uh, wonderful state of, hey, I finally get to do something I love. And guess what? I can make money and live my life doing this. So I'm really excited for what's coming next. I'm sure I'll hit some bumps in the road. I'm sure there'll be some kinks to work out. Um, but it's just like, it's just a pure excitement, quite honestly.
0: Congratulations again. Thank you. And where can people follow along?
1: Uh, you can go to melismadigital.com. That's my website where you can find some blogs about blogging and all of my courses and that good stuff. And, uh, my Instagram is also digital, So you can find all that there.
0: Okay. And we'll link up in the show notes so people can find it um, and make it easy and would love to get an update from you sometime uh, before too long.
1: Absolutely.